You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 302, we're discussing our 2021 year in review. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Chort. And I'm Carlos. Whether you like it or not, guys, you got me back in the captain's chair. Carlos led us expertly through our Spider-Man No Way Home discussion last week, episode number 301. So if you have not seen that or have not checked that episode out, I don't know what you're doing because everyone seemingly has seen Spider-Man No Way Home. Go check out our discussion and review on that. We had a lot of fun putting that together. But guys... This week, we're spending one more episode inside of 2021 looking back at the year that seemingly has gone on forever. Don't know if it was 2020 or 2021. Where the line in the sand is here is a bit difficult in our collective brains right now, but we're going to try to break down our favorite parts of that year inside of Nerd, including looking at our favorite TV shows, our favorite reads, our favorite collectibles, and our favorite films for 2021. We're going to be running down our own personalized list there throughout this episode. And we're also going to chat about what we like to call our nerdier resolutions. So at the start of 2021, we each set up three different resolutions. And now we're going to sit back and we're going to look back at those resolutions to see how well we did. And then next week, guys, it is going to be 2022. The next time you hear our voices after this show, and we're going to do our most anticipated for that year. Because we've got a lot of stuff coming at us. Not only do we have a new Multiverse of Badness, a new Batman trailer, a whole bunch of collectibles, No Way Home Fallout to discuss. But we've also got the rest of 2022, which is going to be a pivotal year, a pillar year for both DC, Marvel, and maybe even Star Wars. Because we didn't get a whole lot of content until this Wednesday with Book of Boba Fett. But gentlemen... Welcome back for the last time in 2021. How are you boys doing? Cold. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. To qualify that for those out there listening to us, we live in a city called Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And with the wind chill today, it was negative 43 degrees centigrade outside. So that puts us at about a 60 degree temperature differential between our nerd rooms and what is just on the other side of the window. <laughs> So it's uh let, let's warm things up though. Let's let's uh light the fires. You know, I've been in here rearranging the new room yet again, trying to get ready for 2022. But we can't get there until we look back at 21, guys. So we sat last year, about a year ago, 51-ish weeks ago, and set our nerdier resolutions for this year. And for those that are new to the podcast, one, welcome. But two, we at the start of every year, we like to set our New Year resolution the same way you would set, of course, a New Year's resolution where we draw a few lines in the sand and say, this is what we want to focus on or this is what we want to do differently or this is where we want to be at the end of 2021 when it comes to our New Year resolutions. In the past, they're, thing, they're focused around collecting, comic book reading, film consumption, whatever we want to do. And each year, we find ourselves kind of getting there. I think like New Year resolutions is you kind of get so far along and you forget about them a little bit. But let's look back. Troy, we're going to start with you this year. So I went back to last year's episode, our most anticipated for 2021, and revisited our nerdier resolutions. 
So I'm going to run yours down here. Let's see. We've got from Troy here, Mr. Spider-Man himself. We've got read and collect trade paperbacks, building out your shelving and collection. Stay on brand. We all had a good laugh at this one because your focus here was to, to get to just Star Wars, Marvel, and DC, like the top of the show says, in your action figures, in your statue collecting. And you had some comments around the, the difficulty staying away from Transformers. <laughs> and you also wanted to walk away from single event issue collecting, with the mm. exception of, of course, Hickman's X-Men run that was going on and Spider-Man. So three things there, Troy. How yeah. did you do in 2021 with those goals in front of you right now? <laughs> I'd say pretty bad. I did horrible. I did absolutely <laughs> horrible. Um, yeah, man. I, uh, I I definitely lacked on the trades, which is something I, I still want to get into so hard. But I kind of had a rocky start with my comics in general. It was uh, Hickman. That took up most mm -hmm. of my time. And um, when I finally did get around to it, it was um, it was straight up just single issues. I did dive into a bunch of different other kind of avenues in comic books as well. But um, yeah, man, I, I kind of butchered that one. Um, and let's see, what's the other one? We had the, uh, oh, my focus. My yeah. focus was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> like, like I, I did, I did the Transformers. I got my first, like, Transformer in a long time, Octopus Prime, um, 3-0. And then I also picked up the Hasbro, uh, Cheetor from the Red Line. And, uh, and then for Christmas, I picked up my, my son, a couple more Beast War figures. So, like, I totally butchered that whole thing you got a snake eyed um, gi joe hot toy didn't you i got a snake eye <laughs> I, I, kind of kind of I, I'll, I'll tell you guys that uh in the new year what i did with that thing okay but, um <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah man I've, I've been i've been all over the place the turtles line i i hopped into the um the turtles mm. super seven ultimate line as well and i've had a blast with that one uh and i think i completed my rangers line this year so <laughs> so you were off yeah, brand like Oh, big time. No, I, I, I absolutely uh, butchered that. But I did stay away from events. Apart from the Hickman line, I didn't pick up any kind of events. Um, I'm actually lacking. Cause, like, there's a current one out that's pretty cool, um, for Marvel at least. It looks like there's like Daredevil. I think there's Daredevil, Daredevil Spider-Man. I think I saw a cap in there. That's the one that Carlos has been telling us about. Yeah, like, Devil's the, Reign. Uh... Yes, and it looks so good, but I've actually stayed away from that one. But in the new year, I'll get it on trade. I promise you guys I'll get it on trade. <laughs> <laughs> well, I commend you, Troy, because although it was a resolution of yours, I think, yeah. at least from hearing you chronicle it over the last 52 weeks or so, you've had a blast yeah. getting into all those different lines, especially the Super 7. So I think it's awesome yeah. that, uh, that you busted that one up. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carlos, let's move on to you here, man. Let's see what we had here. Shoot. So, 2021 Nerdier Resolutions from Carlos catalog all of your retro stuff in quote-unquote martha's basement and maybe get back into a little bit of loose retro collecting purchase a non-sideshow statue so something a bit off the beaten trail and try to go strictly digital with your monthly polls including batman and detective comics so this would be your first time ever since you're a young child not having yeah. those floppies coming in as per your weekly polls so how did you do on those three different resolutions there man well troy says that he did horrible i like face planted right off the start line with <laughs> mine like ugh, shoot yeah i did i did awful like as far as the cataloging all the 
the retro gear goes, no. Like, like I go down there and I get totally distracted, like pulling stuff out. And the odd time I'd post pictures to to the show's Instagram and whatnot. But uh, as far as writing things down and like making a what I have and what I don't have list, no. Like that was an epic fail. Uh, I did add a few little drips and drabs retro style, but it's like, I don't know, like I, I'm looking at them right now, but I bought like the Ertl. Batmobile and Joker van from 89. But I don't know if I own those already or not. <laughs> but I bought them anyways because they're a if good If you had deal. a catalog, <laughs> like you said you wanted to. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know if I can even count that as uh, buying a few uh, retro drips and drabs here and there. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that one was a fail. Uh, as far as the comics go, going fully digital, man... I swear, like, Jim Lee must have been listening to that episode, and he's like, you know what? We got to put our heavy hitters on those variant covers because, like, Lee Bermejo has kept that Detective Comics run going for, like, 55 issues more than I wanted it to. But, uh, yeah, still been picking that up on the weekly and Batman on the weekly because I've been enjoying the book and um, the variant covers have been on point. I did transition to digital for the other ones, though. So, like, Superman and Action, reading those digitally. Justice League went digitally. All the Marvel stuff, digital. So, um, yeah, I don't know that I can count it because the, the big swing was getting getting away from those Batman books and uh, the Black Label stuff, but uh, I wasn't able to do that. And then uh, what was the last one there? Non-sideshow statue purchase. Oh, yeah. You know what? There was uh, maybe a bit of toes in the water with that. Yeah, so. I think so. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but I don't like counting any chickens before they hatch, before uh, before Mr. Brown shows up with that uh, <laughs> with that brokerage fee uh, <laughs> bill. So, yeah, I'll, I'm going to take a push on that one. All right. I'll take All a right. push on that one. All right. I like to hear it. You know what? I, I am happy to hear that. You didn't go full digital on the Batman because there's a lot of angst on the podcast when I re-listened to it about you breaking that streak, that tremendous <laughs> streak and not having this complete run. So that makes me feel a little better because even on that podcast, there was offers around the table to just buy them for you so, so the streak wouldn't be broken. <laughs> That's, amazing. So That's amazing. I'm glad as that. Uh, uh, that you didn't do that. And as friends, we didn't fail if you had done that subtly in the background in Troy and our city. Oh, shoot. <laughs> we need to, to call Marty and find some comic books. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's still going. It's still going. It, it has been nice to actively reduce a little bit, though. Mm-hmm. Because I went in to the store after having knock on for a week or two, and I was like, "Shoot, this is gonna be a bad bill." But it wasn't too too hefty because it was reduced a bit from moving nice. digitally with a few things. So, yeah, because there's nothing like walking into the store oh. and that stack coming out and you uh, leaving a bill mm. lighter. So, well, and I I have a tendency too to go in there and look at all the collectibles first, especially when I go up to Marty's, and I'll run through there and I'll grab a few things and I'm like, "Oh shoot." And I haven't picked up my comics for a few weeks. And then he'll tell me, and he'll bring them out. And I'll be like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's just going to be a tough one with a few collectibles I can't leave behind either. <laughs> yeah. And especially if it's stuff you're not, like, excited about or yeah. that got mm. thrown in because it's an event or a crossover. Yeah, or... I got buried in that, that. that Bounty Hunter War 
thing that Marty was pulling for me, and I just didn't have the heart to say, like, I, you pulled them and you paid for them, so I got to pay for them. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm stuck in that right now. <laughs> like, never-ending event vortex. <laughs> Is that one finally over? I have no idea, man. I just, my, they just <laughs> I have, like, 30 books that I have not oh, touched. Wow. I will get to them someday because Rick speaks quite highly of them. But anyways, let's move on. So I'm going to run through mine here. So keep focusing on the retro collecting and increase my efforts and ramp that up. That was number one. Expand into my personal beyond. So consume more things like the Turtles comics and stuff like that outside of stars Marvel and nerd arts was to move away from movie posters and into uh, more of these prints, limited prints, uh, artist renderings of or, or depictions of of different film franchises and that. So I will have to say that I guess my number one, this retro collecting has become basically my only focus at this point. Um, I still do, of course, the Marvel legends, but I picked up a ton of really awesome things in retro, which I'll, I'll chronicle here when we get to the collectibles piece. But I think I, I successfully got there expanding my reading, man. Every year I make some sort of reading, <laughs> reading nerdy resolution and i fail miserably at it i must i may have read 15 comic books this year i'm so bad so <laughs> bad with that so big fail there but my most successful thing i will have to say i've got two new pieces up behind me right now that i'm going to show the boys my empire strikes back mm. and my jurassic park print and that is on top of my other jurassic park print and my tmnt print that i picked up this year so big success there. My wife's on board with it now. She's really digging it. We had, she had a little tour of, uh, of, of Carlos's place there and saw everything and how it can look. And so she's quite excited about that. So we're starting to look more and more at, at this nerd art. So that's probably my most successful and uh, one of the things I'm most excited about there. So not, not bad on my end. Not bad on my end. I, would, I will say that I cannot make another reading because I think – Every year we've done this, I've said, hey, I'm going to do this and come. Never do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You you went above and beyond with the retro collecting, like, changed yeah. the game. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, to the point where my room is heavily transitioning now into being a retro collection with touches of new things. Um, mm. Really outside of the Marvel Legends and the Black Series, that's everything else is fairly retro. Um, I just spent this past weekend ripping apart the nerd room and, basically getting rid of the last lingering remnants of Funko Pops and some more modern stuff and some of that I'm going to sell and some of that I'm just going to bin for now to make sure I want to sell it later. But uh, but retro, man, that's, that's where it's at. That's what I'm loving. And I can't get away from it. It's all your guys' fault. <laughs> Fair. I got to own that. Yeah. Anyways, guys, let's continue through our look back at 2021. And we're going to get into the meat of the show here. And we're going to kick it off with discussing our favorite TV shows. Now, we have this pegged at our top three, any order. These are just favorites. So these aren't better or worse. We're not doing this, you know, what's good, what's bad. It's just what was your favorite stuff from this year. And it really could be anything. I know you guys are both probably going to say what I'm going to say for my number one. And we're going to have across the board Hawkeye. Um, obviously, but, um, if we... <laughs> oh, oh man, <laughs> oh man, I was reminded about that show just now. Oh man, okay. that, that got the exact okay. reaction I was hoping for. <laughs> I teed that up and you guys hit it right out of the park. <laughs> Shoot. I didn't do anything. I just got the hell out of the way. 
<laughs> I can see Troy, man, mounting up there. I know. Yeah. Give me the rock bottom or something through the screen. <laughs> so well, let's do this. I don't know if we, we can do round table this or maybe we can uh, run down the three. But uh, let's just let's just start with one and we'll kind of see where we go from here. So, Carlos, well, why don't you give me uh, one of your top three favorite TV shows from this year? Uh, you know what? I'll go with Sweet Tooth. That was oh, an yes. absolute pleasant surprise and uh, read the comic book series and digested it and loved every second of that. And then I uh, dove into the TV show and it's one of those things with adaptations where you take the soul of the source material, but you create something new and different for uh, the audience that you're selling it to in the live action, be it a movie or TV series. And man, Sweet Tooth just crushed it. Like just uh, such a wonderful show that had this heartwarming element to it, but a very dark side uh, as well to the story. And, uh, you know, you, you just couldn't get to the next episode fast enough. And I honestly haven't run into anybody who's watched it that gave it up or who didn't like it. It's just... Uh, something that just captures you right away. And how can you not love that little kid that plays Gus in this show? So uh, mm. season two is high on my anticipation list. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. and Netflix crushed that thing. So yeah, Sweet Tooth. That's, uh, that's one of my top three for sure. Yeah, what a wicked show. Recommendation from you guys. My wife, it was a bit of a sell for her, especially with the look of Gus. But once we got... 10 minutes in it was her and i binging every night we could staying up to like midnight 1am trying to consume this thing as fast as possible so yeah that's that's a big one i kind of forgot that that was 21 to be honest with you yeah yeah same here i enjoyed that one a lot though especially having zero idea what the whole thing was yeah, about yeah it's dope it's dope yeah. yeah wicked one wicked wicked all right that's that's starting off with a banger there carlos troy man why don't you throw one on the table here yes sir uh mayor of east town man oh mayor of east yes town. uh this 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 show this show hits real hard i think it's some of the best acting i've seen some of the best performances i've seen on tv in quite some time uh was it kate winslet right was the yes. main star and she i think she actually she even won some emmys for this one because she knocked it out of the park we got uh i think evan pierce in there as well yeah mr uh matt boner himself <laughs> is it yeah um and then we even have like uh the, the actress that plays Betty in the Homecoming franchise, Spider Man, she's in there as well. She plays one oh, of the daughters. Cool. Um, fantastic show, though, man. It has like that real kind of like hometown, small hometown feel. Um, and every character that you come across, you feel like you've grown up with each character, but it's, it's like a, a, a mystery as well that takes place throughout this whole town and relates to the performances. It, especially if you're anybody's a fan out there that likes uh, like a true detective season one, you'll absolutely eat up this, this show. And I think it's a one and done. I think it was just a. Uh, a limited series. Uh, I believe I watched it on Crave over here. So I guess maybe HBO Max over mm -hmm. in the States, but uh fantastic show, man. Absolutely love this one. Yeah. It was Wicked. phenomenal yeah. and just so compelling yeah. and so down to earth too, oh. right? Like, yes, you got some pretty horrific crimes going on, but it was just so visceral and it was so plausible the way it mm -hmm. goes and the way she goes about um, trying to investigate the mystery as well and mm -hmm. people's reactions to them and just it takes you on a journey right like there's characters that you need to be sympathetic to but then they start getting yeah. on your nerves because they're getting on yeah. Her and, yeah yeah and the aftermath of it all man too like where those relationships go after the mystery's been solved it's like a huge kind of like dang 
um, awkward moments, I guess you could say, going forward <laughs> in that show. <laughs> wicked, wicked. All right. Well, I'm going to throw in here that's going to be interesting to see how you guys react to this one, but I'm going to put WandaVision on the table. I, it, To me, and this might be a bit of a glossy-eyed thing, being the first Disney Plus MCU, MCU show, it was the first real new thing we had gotten outside of, of Wonder Woman 84, really, in 2021. Um, this was a show I thought came out in 2020, but looking back, it was at the start of 21. Mm. And I don't know if it was the the allure of the mystery, if it was all of the discourse online and with friends. I just had a lot of fun with this one, and I like where the show went. I like the, the mystery of it all, the big cliffhangers, the episodic weekly thing plugging in with my family, and this just being our first big thing out of 2020 and into 2021 where we got to experience not only MCU again, but new and different type of storytelling within that universe. So WandaVision for me definitely ranks in there as, as one of my favorites for, for 2021. Yeah, that's right. Because was this, I can't remember, WandaVision obviously hit first, but it was yeah. meant to be Falcon Winter Soldier. It was, right? yeah. That was technically meant to be the, the first one coming through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, it was cool because I remember um, at least for um, the audience, it was cool seeing all the theory crafting. I think mm. for me, the most the most fun I had of that whole thing was the theory crafting yeah. and everybody else surrounding it. And every week, like, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Who's the engineer? Is it the X Men? Is it not? Like that kind of stuff. That's where I got my kicks out of the show. Yeah, so too. that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just the delivery of it all too, right? It's mm-hmm. it has is one of those shows that left you just de- like, what is next? What is happening? Mm-hmm. Right? And everything leading into that, the big year delay. So it was a lot of fun. It got a bit tiring towards the end. Um, a bit exhausting, but I think it delivered where it had to go and it set up for some new stuff and, and Wanda in that Multiverse of Madness trailer we just saw. So uh, she's coming, guys. Coming in a big way. Carlos, man, throw throw uh, throw number two here at us. Yeah, you know what? Number two for me is going to be pretty fresh off the iron and that's going to be Dope Sick with my man Michael mm. Keaton in the lead. Okay. This guy brought it. Like, he showed that he still has the chops. It's Batman beats the tar out of Adam Warlock at one point in time and you, you don't even question it because this guy... <laughs> that's awesome. But, it, like, it, so the show is about the opioid epi- ep- epidemic in the United States and the rest of the world is uh, leached out into, but... Um, they do an amazing job just showing just kind of the the greed imperative that can kind of blind big pharma sometimes and then the impact that that has on communities. So they're concurrently telling the story of the pharmaceutical family uh, that creates the drug. And then Michael Keaton's character is a small town doctor who treats um, it's a mining community. So, of course, pain relief is going to be a big uh, thing in that type of setting and then rosario dawson plays a dea agent who starts to see these prescription drugs replacing um traditional narcotics kind of thing and the effect that it's having on communities and then uh, a pair of or a trio of prosecutors trying to wrap their head around this thing and uh, bring it before the courts and they just do such an amazing job with such a human story showing just the devastating effects that these drugs have mm-hmm. uh, on the various people and like just just the journey that Michael Keaton's character takes on and I don't want to spoil anything but like where he's at at the beginning to where he's at at the end and and they do a really good job of keeping you invested the whole time because it 
jumps kind of a 10 to 15 year time period, but they keep taking you back and forth and showing, Very cool. you know, how you have these people that are good people, but just how powerful the addiction is and how it absolutely destroys them. So yeah, that was, that was a phenomenal show. And I and knew they were onto something when it was like, every time a new episode dropped and became available, my wife was like, yeah, we got to watch Dope Sick. Like that's, that's what we're watching type of thing. And She's not typically uh, an easy sell on those type of shows, but uh, just everything about it was so, so compelling and so tremendous. And the fact that it's a true story is mm. horrifying, honestly. So, yeah, <clears throat> high recommend for me on that one. Well, it's good to hear that recommendation. It's just something that keeps popping up on Disney Plus, right? Because up here, we it's part of the Star Plus or whatever it is. That's okay. the, the tack on to Disney Plus where it would it's in Hulu maybe or whatever it is in the States. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it come, pops up on the banner all the time. And it feels like something that you should watch. And hearing that that rave recommendation, it's definitely going on the list next. We're, we're watching The Maid right now, and it's intense as well. Um, yeah, it's on, nice to have something uh, good to watch on Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till you hear my next one. <laughs> it's it's hot. No. <laughs> Wicked. All right, Troy, man. Let's lay another one on us. Yeah. Well, well speaking of Disney Plus, I'm going with Bad Batch. Mm. No, no, I'm definitely, definitely not. No. I, thought, no, I was like, well, okay. <laughs> no, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with uh, Loki. Honestly, yes. I, um, this one for me was not on my radar by any means. It's probably right there with WandaVision. I was one of the guys that's like, Loki's story arc is done. We don't need more of this character. And they brought him back, not necessarily in the most clever way, but in an effective way. And that the cast again, uh, Owen Wilson, um, uh, what's the the other character? Sylvie? The, the, Sylvie, yes. So I can't remember the actress's name, but yeah, so Sylvie, obviously, and then we got Loki, and then we get those cool episodes of like the different variants of Loki. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, like the ending was was pretty cool. Like this, whole, the whole adventure that Loki went on, I was there. This for me had like that effect of like I gotta watch it next. When was it Wednesday? Is mm-hmm. that what Disney was doing? Every Wednesday, I had to tune in and see what was happening with Loki. And I've never really been a big Loki guy, but I was thoroughly entertained, and I love what uh, Hiddleston did with that character. It's, it's really tough too, especially with all like the different avenues he's gone already. But to see this Loki the second time really achieve a different kind of moral stance was was really well done. And, and then obviously we got the conclusion of, of Kang, which um oh. he, he, he you know he, he was um he's kind of hit or miss with me. But I think the Kang we're getting next is going to be like the man, mm-hmm. and and I'm all there for it. So uh, I I really had a blast with this one. I think the merchandise hit pretty pretty cool too. I like the uh, the figures we're getting, and uh, yeah, man, Loki Loki for me was my yeah, I think it was my favorite, all in all, probably my favorite MCU show. But there was bits and pieces, really good pieces in um, Falcon and Winter Soldier mm-hmm. as well that I enjoyed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on the same page. That one, like, it had really compelling performances. And that's what sold yeah. it more than anything. And because mm-hmm. of how they set it up, you didn't know what fate was going to befall that particular Loki. Because really, mm-hmm. the way that they crafted the show he could have been written out or killed or whatever and uh they could have gone on so uh nothing was written in stone with him and yeah hiddleston and the lady that played sylvie i thought they did a great job uh selling you on it and doing something interesting in that space it's yeah it's definitely aces for me in the the marvel shows side of things 
Yeah. The budget too, right? The budget for me really spoke way higher than any other MCU show, in my opinion. Like I never really felt like like fucking Winter Soldier had some cool moments, like flying moments that was okay. WandaVision kind of lacked at the end for like the budget effect, but I feel like Loki they managed to stay in a space where like mm-hmm. everything felt pretty cinematic, like when the yeah. planet was crashing down and the finale as well. Everything there felt pretty high end for me. Movie quality, like almost. Yeah, that's what the story really benefited from that, right? Like the fact that they were off world and didn't have to depend on like physical locations for things. Mm-hmm. And I think they're able to divert a lot of that budget to the CGI and all that. And I think this show also benefited from the lack of expectations going in. We kind of roughly knew what it was about, but we didn't have any mm-hmm. perceived concepts that it was going to lead to Kang or variants or all this, right? All we really knew is that he had taken the Tesseract boom was out of the end game. And we kind of just figured he's going to be running around time not to the extent I think that we actually got to where it led to something pretty profound inside of the MCU narrative itself. And then on top of all that, like you guys are saying, you add in the performances and where they actually took Loki and the things that they addressed inside of that. Yeah, it's a huge standout for, for me as well. So, and that was my my next one, but I'll actually throw in what you mentioned there, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It was my most anticipated property for 2021. And although it was a bit rough in the middle, I thought it was an awesome outing for Sam Wilson, for Anthony Mackie, for Mm -hmm. Bucky Barnes and all that, and developing that relationship and and really giving the Falcon himself that shove he needed to become Captain America. And then, of course, the big reveal at the end of the show, too, coming through that glass and getting that full Captain America transition Mm. and the suit and the speech at the end and... Everything that they brought together, you know, I think if you go back to our discussions, we had hoped they would have focused a bit more on some of the social issues and that they had an opportunity and a platform to utilize that and leverage that a bit louder. And they didn't quite get there because they kind of stumbled in the middle over that. But they did some really awesome stuff in that show. And I, to me, it's it's right up there amongst the, the best that they've laid out there. Yeah, that one for me, like that one was disappointing for me but they definitely stuck the landing like that last episode is is great and it's almost like the third act of a movie type of thing so Mm. yes um yeah i I do think that they walked back a lot of what they promised when they announced the show Mm. uh to the point that it was a shadow of what it could have been but yeah they stuck the landing and you know that just leave a good impression type of thing and i think the Mm. door is open for bigger, badder things with Sam and Bucky and whatever else they want to do with that franchise. So, yeah. yeah I, I think we thought they are going to go a bit more down the path that Tanahashi Coates has been in the past with Sam Wilson, Captain America, right? And addressing some of the, the more social commentary and all that around it. And um, was the Isaiah Bradley stuff that they kind of just touched on a little bit mm-hmm. um, that they could have maybe expanded on a little bit more, I think is, for me, it's it's not exactly what I wanted them to do. Like you said, Carlos, they seem to were promising a bit more of that and didn't quite get Less there. Less of the boats. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, come on. Like, an Avenger's not going to get a loan for a boat and we're going to write a story around that? Like, <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> These are the things that happen. You can go back and listen to us talk about it a whole bunch of episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, man. You don't have to apologize to me. Now, when you run across some Wilson, Anthony Mackey, then you got then you got some of the 
Talk to you. I just need Troy to send that gif later. Cut yeah. The check. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony might agree with me, to be honest with you, if, if Kevin's not listening. <laughs> All right, Carlos, why don't you throw one more? Your Let's call it your favorite show of 2021. Yeah, I'm going to throw a couple honorable mentions in the comic sure, book space. Like Superman and Lois, that yes. was a wonderful mm. show. Like just an amazing Superman, Clark Kent, and Tyler Hoechlin, and Bitsy Tulloch delivered probably my favorite Lois Lane ever in live action. And like some amazing stuff with John Henry Irons and whatnot. And so that was a revelation. So that's that one was cool. That's an honorable mention for me. Invincible on Amazon Prime blew me away. The writing and the voice acting and the animation in that show, it was sublime. And as long as you got a stomach for gore, I highly <laughs> recommend that animated series. <laughs> Invincible was top shelf. But uh, for me, number one, I had pretty high expectations and was absolutely blown away by The Witcher Season 2 on Netflix. Like, this Do thing it. is yeah. fresh, fresh, fresh out of the oven. And Man, like, they just got this perfect spot where it's, like, 70% the books and 10% the games and then, like, 20% their own thing, and it just works. And this season is so tight, and they hit all the major points of the lore that they need to. They got the relationships right, but it's different enough that a guy like me that's fresh off the games and the books and knows where or thinks he knows where the story is going, it's different enough. And just, like, the production value is off the chain. Like, if you're not going to watch the whole show, like, watch the last episode or one of the episodes in this season, and it is next level. Like, they take full advantage of shooting on location all over the place in Europe, and it looks as good as anything that they gave us with the Lord of the Rings and whatnot. Like, obviously not the vast scope of it with armies battling each other, but, like... My boy's fighting dragons and all sorts of other things as as he goes along on his quest, and it it's amazing. And Cavill, like, he's really comfortable in the role and crushes it. And it's funny they kind of changed his look. Like initially, he had a look that was more similar to the armor in the games and whatnot, but he's so big that it kind of sat on him funny. <laughs> so you you can tell that they've tailored the armor to uh, bring down his immenseness through his shoulders and his arms a little bit. And uh, yeah, I love it. Like. I had pretty high expectations for this thing and it was one of those where I'd watch an episode at night and like have a hard time going to sleep. And then I was up at five in the morning because I wanted to watch the next episode oh, so awesome. bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I crushed this season in two and a half days. If that, like I just, it, any second I had, I was just like digesting this thing and yeah, can't wait to get second or second and a half watch in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was it season three drop soon? Uh it season season so this was season two just came out on the seventeenth. Oh, okay. So, oh, sorry. <laughs> so you got through it that quick. I was in my mind, I was like, something comes out in December, I think, on The Witcher. You've already burned through it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, and then uh they've announced uh season three uh in fairly short order. So Wait yeah. Till. Netflix is doing some pretty cool stuff in, in that in that space. Well, the whole gaming space, too, right? Like, they killed it with uh, Castlevania. Mm -hmm. You got The Witcher Unlock. And then Arcane. I've been hearing nothing but good things. All all mm -hmm. those are video game properties. So it's really cool that Netflix has kind of locked down the video game space because that's always such a hard thing to translate 
into film or, or animation. And I, I can't remember, is Last of Us? That's not Netflix. That's actually a theatrical uh, studio behind that, right? HBO. HBO. Okay, yeah. shoot. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. it was funny. My kid sent me a picture from Mount Royal University, and it was Mando on the back of the horse, good old Joel, looking into the window <laughs> of a classroom, winking and <laughs> giving a thumbs up to the people inside. That's awesome. so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's wicked. <laughs> All right, Troy, man. We didn't get – Yeah. We got quite a few Marvel shows. We didn't get any Star yeah. Wars really in twenty twenty one. So what's your what's your favorite show for this year? Man, Superman and Lois was really, really close. Like it was it was oh it's right there. But I gotta I gotta fall into uh to all the hype, man. Um Squid Game. Squid Game oh, was yeah. a blast. <laughs> yes, it was. Squid Game was a blast. Like each each um mini game is just something that you're on the edge of their seat yeah. because like this is this is the running man meets the hunger games meets even so much more like people are, <laughs> are losing their lives over this game and um the character development is actually really great because mm-hmm. you start off not really liking anybody and then throughout the whole series you actually find yourself having a soft spot for a couple characters and um it was just so well executed it kind of had like the tiger king effect where it came at the right time mm-hmm. right place and uh, I, I ate it up, man. It was so much fun. A- again, it comes to the games. I loved all that. I loved um, the front man, the mystery behind the front man, and yeah. reveal who he was. And it was a blast. And, you know, season two, uh, I- I'm there, man. I'm all there for it. The way that ended, I mean, I mean, bring it on. Let's see. It looks like the game's been running for yeah. since, I think, 1985, they said. If you look at the whole the, the portfolios, mm-hmm. the game's been going on for quite some time. So uh, Squid Game for me, man. That was a blast. They did an awesome job of that. Like just the way it was shot and the yeah. the way they did all the setups. Like you could smell the locations. Like oh. when when they're in like the room after a hot and sweaty game, you're like, oh man! Like they they did such a good job conveying what that experience was. It was like yeah. it was like 4D, man. Like you could almost smell mm. the humanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It was so good. We. It took me a while to to get into it, and eventually my, my wife convinced me to watch it. And I said, I don't really know if I'm into this stuff. And like you said, Troy, as soon as you jump in, you're like, well, yeah, let's put on the next episode. <laughs> and it is experience to kind of – we watched it in Korean with English subtitles, which I felt yeah. helped with, like, the nuances of the the portrayals of each characters. And, and it, it just – it all worked. But I will say I – kind of wish it was a one and done i don't know where Mm. they take it next right because you love the game so much and if this guy's gonna become somewhere like vigilante or re-enter himself into Mm. it's kind of like the hunger games right by the time you get to the end you're like okay yeah we've seen this this hunger game thing right like how much more can you actually do with it so it'll be interesting definitely see because they're there will be have something out here very quick based on the success Uh, yeah i kind of got like the feels of like like a saw like you know like the first three saws were like great and then after they kind of fizzle out so i'm hoping they can maybe ride the wave for like two more seasons and then end it and then walk away but uh yeah no it's it's a good time man it's cool hopefully that creator didn't hear your comments tim or else he's gonna be coming after us he went after lebron yeah i saw that (laughs) (laughs) hey i'm not saying i'm not saying i didn't like how it ended i'm just saying that i don't know where it's gonna go and not retread the same things right that's, no. that's that's no. that's a little concern that's the only one i have but <laughs> i'm gonna wrap this one up here guys with easily my favorite show of 2021 ted lasso we found it and binged through both season one 
and season two, the two parts of it, I believe in 2021 or whatever it was, but it was just such an uplifting euphoric experience for us. Like it was a, a show where it didn't rely on so much of the scandal and the backstabbing, you know, it gets into a little bit of that, but the core and the essence of the show is just so pure and it was just a pleasure to watch it. Like I felt like a better person having watched those episodes and it was something that every night it came out or whatever it was every Wednesday or whatever, boom into it on it goes. And just, you kind of leave with a smile on your face. It, it lost its way a little bit through a part of the season, but I think it, it really let rounded itself out by the end of season two there. So Ted Lasso for sure. Oh yeah. No, how can you not love Ted Lasso? Like I, I think out of what there's like 10 episodes or 12 episodes, there's one that I didn't absolutely love. And even mm-hmm. that one was not bad. It just, like you said, didn't leave you with that euphoric feeling after it, but yeah, yeah just such a pleasure that show beginning to end. And yeah, I'm curious to see how long they take it on for. I hope it's one of those where they have a story that they want to tell and that it has a finite ending as opposed to it going on forever, which it could. Yeah, huh. but yeah, I, I agree with you. It is one of those shows that needs to have an ending because it can play itself out, right? If you figure like one or two more seasons and you could probably get to the end of a, a pretty solid story. So in hoping like with Jason Sudeikis and him being a writer and all that, hopefully he's he's got a long-term vision for this as to what it can be. And yeah, I, I'm just looking forward to, to season three and and getting getting more of that, uh, that Ted Lasso and in front of me have you watched it Trey? no no oh, you no, gotta watch I it I, I think it's on apple isn't it yeah, yeah. it's yeah 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 just go yeah. buy a, a new apple tv and you'll get apple <laughs> plus for free apple will never get my money no <laughs> oh, oh no yeah oh yeah <laughs> if it makes you feel better like you can maybe buy them on the google play store and probably oh yeah. okay and yeah. warner brothers yeah. television actually made the show so you're not giving mm-hmm. apple your money directly yeah okay yeah. Yeah. you're still okay. you're still fun and <laughs> The Justice League. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's keep this rolling. Let's let's drop into our favorite collectible pickups for 2021. So we spent a lot of time at the end of every single episode in our week in Nerd chronicling the hunt, chronicling all of our pickups from every single week. And if you've been listening throughout this whole year, you know we have ebb and flowed through just about every franchise on the face of the earth. We have touched a little bit of everything. So I want to hear, guys, just just give me a, a few here of your favorite collectible pickups from this year. Troy, I'm going to toss it to you here first, man. So so what yeah. it is, you know, you're out in the hunt every single week. What's what's landed in your nerd room this year that's got you super stoked about? Ooh, it, this this is like the hardest thing ever <laughs> for me, honestly, to narrow it down to, to three. But, um... Well, you know, keeping it No Way Home, keeping it Spider-Man. I got to go with uh, the Mark IV Hot Toys Spider-Man. Mm. All new, all different, oh, yeah. shiny armor. Uh, it's, it's, I've, I've always wanted Spidey in a 1-6 scale. And uh, yeah, the articulation locks definitely, especially when you're used to having like the retro Spidey and you can do whatever you want. But the overall look and like the three different eye lenses that you can do and like the webs that he comes with, the hands and like the glow effect of his like his like nano kind of technology suit it's uh it's it's a blast man not that thing for me is like it's my it's my prime spider-man mm. I, I love that figure to death so yeah i'm going with uh the mark four at least until like the 
at least until the next couple Spideys come out. Well, this guy holds we, we all know which one you want. <laughs> yeah, there's a minimum of, what, four new yeah. ones coming out in addition yeah. to the yeah. three that they've announced already. Yeah, yeah man, that, that thing's awesome. The, the Hot Toys, you know, mm. for me this year, it was uh, something I dipped my toes into with that, that Endgame yes. Captain America. And as I was rearranging the room, I was looking around being like, man, I think I need more of these. I, I love yeah, man. more. It's like, like yeah, if I can call a $300, $400 collectible an accent piece, but they bring a certain prestige to the room, right? Mm-hmm. And to the collection. And they're just so, so well done. Like that Spider-Man and the cap for me, this Endgame cap is my number, one of my top three here as well. It was That was my first experience opening a hot toy, getting into one looking at the detail and the, yeah. the variety and the adaptability to different sort of scenes that you can pull these characters through. And I love it, man. It is such a cool piece. It's a, something that people, well, the odd person that's come in here immediately comments on. Um, and the fact that they are able to bring that version of Captain America with Mjolnir, yes. the busted shield. Oh yeah. Hot toys, man. Different facial expressions too with that guy, right? Yeah. You got kind of a subtle like, yeah. yelling look, a more stoic yes. look. There's yeah. It's just, and it's that cool magnet, like chin thing, right? Yeah. Just pops man. right in. It's really, really mm-hmm. well done. So yeah, there's two hot toys on, uh, on each of our lists there, Carlos. So you can add a third. Yeah, I was going to save it for number one, but I'll give you my number one now, and then I'll, I'll just uh, slum it with the other ones. But, uh, yeah, the the number one collectible pickup for me this year, like, beyond a shadow of a doubt, was landing that Christopher Reeves Superman mm. oh, hot yes. toys for my kid. Like, yeah, I've got a few of these things, and, like, and I look at them all the time all over the place, and the face sculpt on that Reeves Superman is still, like... For my money, it is the best face sculpt that they've ever done. And then the tailoring on the suit, like obviously his costume yeah. is going to be a lot more simple than your examples of like the nanotech Spidey or the Endgame Captain <laughs> America. Like this guy was uh, all tights for the flights, and uh, mm-hmm. but they pulled off the look of that costume flawlessly. Like the the way the stitches went and everything else, and he comes with a really cool base, like a flight base that's. Um, tailored to look like the Fortress of Solitude, so that was cool. And, um, yeah, and the wired cape and whatnot. He just has such a presence. Like, I put up loads of pictures of that thing on our Instagram, mm. but, uh, he, like, he truly looks like a real guy. Like, yeah. even posting her, like, she has the Cavill soups as well, and he's a great figure, but there's just something about that Reeve Superman that just blows them all away. Like I actually moved him so that he's kind of separate from any of the other ones in the house because he's just <laughs> too good. Like he just looks so dang good. Like, yeah. So yeah, that, that, that one's my number one and easily, easily. And to get him the way I did and to not yes. die yeah, remember, with that pickup. Remember that. I was yeah. pretty happy. <laughs> Cannot go wrong. I know there's a lot of people that are jealous of that pickup. Cause it's pretty difficult to find for even a half reasonable price. Yeah, no, I was, uh, yeah, somebody, somebody just wanted me to have that one, and uh, it all came yes. together, man. Sometimes, man, the plastic gods deliver. Yeah, man. <sighs> all right, all right, Troy, let's hear, hear another one from you of your, your top three favorite collectible pickups from this year. Honestly, man, uh, big shout-outs to my dude, the homie, Big Jared. This guy found Beskar Mando, the Black Series, in the silver armor and uh he scooped him didn't hesitate sent him my way because i couldn't find that guy anywhere i slept on the hunt for him thinking i could find him but craven struck out but when he sent it over (laughs) to me i was just 
I was blown away by the figure, and I had some time to uh, make arrangements to go on eBay and get a wired cape. And I threw that wired cape on, and I'm telling you, I had a blast posing this guy. Like it's it's probably my top five favorite figures to pose of this year. Like so much fun with that dude, especially because it just has like the Mandalorian armor face plate, so there's no emotion. You can't go wrong, but any kind of like tilt or lean to the head carries so much weight to like the presence of that pose and. I love the accessories that he came with. And then, you know, everybody out there that got like that baby Yoda accessory too, you throw those two and two together. Um, so much fun. So that guy for me was, yeah, I think he was my favorite. Yeah. He is definitely my favorite um, black series that came out for 20. I think he came, did he come out 2021 or late 2020, but I got I him in 2021. So. I think in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. And there's been like, you know, so many different releases of that armor <laughs> later on down the road. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, Big J, man, all day. That figure for me was just fire. Yeah. Love that guy. That one, yeah. I literally just had that out and was posing it today. It's such yeah. a cool figure. I got it side by side, the original Mando. And mm-hmm. yeah, this one's a step above. I even like the plastic cape that came with it, the soft rubber mm-hmm. that you can drape over it's his shoulder. So it's just covering yeah, the one yeah, side yeah. and it's got a really cool look to it. And you're right. I had the head down and he's got more of a yeah. menacing look to him and, yeah, what a figure, what a figure. Because like you said, that, that single pack came out and then we got, I think, three other repacks of it. One with like mm-hmm. a snowy look, one with a muddy look, and then one unmasked, uh, all mm-hmm. deluxe sets as well. And so that single pack figure came and went really fast. And yeah. it was a tough one to get. So really cool that, that a Black Series lands in your top top pickups yeah. for this year. I love that. Yep. Wicked. Um, I'm going straight to the retro space for the for the next two guys, and so a lot. Of, some of you guys might not even know what some of this is, but one that I picked up this year was an absolute holy grail of mine, and it was my '94 Jurassic Park Demon Carnotaurus. That those words might not mean a lot to to some people, but the '94 series is a series that came out after the '93 original run that a lot of people will be familiar with, with the big rubber dinosaurs, the T-Rex, all those those familiar dinosaurs. They had a 94 series that came out right after it wasn't nearly as successful. Didn't see the wide distribution and ended up with a, basically an expanded universe for Jurassic park with new action figures, new dinosaurs. And there's this one dinosaur it's red and or orange and black. It's we've seen the Carnotaurus in subsequent films, particularly in, I believe camp Cretaceous. He gets a big focus, but this action figure rubber just just perfect and was something i stared at from 1994 all the way up until 2021 when it finally arrived a big big ebay purchase very expensive but i was so happy to have one of my true childhood holy grails enter the room this year and so that takes uh takes place one or two really the next two are somewhat interchangeable (laughs) for me that's wicked man that's wicked well yeah i remember you like talking about that when you first got into jp thinking or you're kind of saying that this is something that'll never happen but you've always it was like the white whale Mm -hmm. type of thing for you yeah so the silver lining on covid (laughs) i guess maybe (laughs) is that it led me down this path and i got it up on here on a a high shelf well well away from the children (laughs) amazing so carlos all right you said you got two other ones that pale in comparison to this reeves but i i really don't believe it um so let's let's hear them well yeah you know what for number or my next one i'm probably going to go with something that's like indirectly indirectly attributable to our man troy here but it's the snyder cut mcfarland justice league figures because they came out and they're 
decent figures. In fact, like the Batman from that line is one of the best Batman that he's put out. And um, the cyborg is pretty perfect. But there was a couple that I didn't quite love the look for. Mm. But I wanted to have a Justice League. And with Troy's inspiration, I tried my hand at customizing. So, yeah, like stripping paint and getting these things looking the way I wanted. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool. And I was able to put together a cool-looking little display with my Batmobile. And, mm. and like, I've had that Batmobile since 2017. But I've never enjoyed it as much as I have after I got these figures and posing them and did a little, like, video for our Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was just cool. And it's just cool to have these figures that are unique to my collection and the Wonder Woman in the, the Zack Snyder Hughes and the Aquaman yeah, that actually so cool. looks like Jason Momoa once I yes. <laughs> unburied him from all the paint. And, yeah, <laughs> the Flash with that gave me arthritis in my hands, getting the thin lines and <laughs> the little black bits painted on him. But, uh, yeah, no, I, that's, uh, that's definitely one of the highlights of the year for collecting for me was uh, not the actual buying of the figures, but putting it together in a way mm. that uh, – that I dig. So yeah. yeah, man. And yo, don't sleep on your bloodshot, man. The bloodshot too, like the the mod that you did to that guy, so much more movie accurate. Like that was that's awesome. Oh yeah, that guy came out good. Yeah, he yeah, uh, he, yeah, came he turned out good. great. That was just yeah, that yeah. was experimenting with MJ's paints. I was like, oh, I need to fix this guy. This they gave my boy Bloodsport like the Edmonton Oilers colors, and I can't abide by that. So yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Troy, man? You know, the McFarlane's, I, yeah. I, I look in envy when I look at, at the stuff that you guys get for the price point and the amount of it. Mm. And, you know, I make fun all the time that new waves hit every week, but that's more <laughs> jealousy than it is. <laughs> so McFarlane's land on your list here, or do you got something else up your sleeve? Yeah, again, this this is probably the toughest year I've ever had to do something like this. Um, ah, man, this is tough. I got to go... I gotta go with the three zero Optimus Prime nice. man. Ah, oh, Optimus yeah. Prime three zero one six scale. This thing came out of nowhere for me, and it's all <laughs> painted back, right? It's all because of Carlos. He um basically <laughs> got me into the War for Cybertron Netflix show, and wasn't feeling the first two seasons too much, but then he's like, "Stick it out, season three. Watch season three, and boom, the return of my childhood was born again." with uh the beast wars appearance and i was like oh my god i gotta get my hands on something like this and um checked out a couple of reviews and i was like wow this optimus prime is like the business this is the guy that i need in my life and he happened to be at um at marty's comic book shop and i, I think i did a bunch of trade-ins traded basically most of my stuff got optimus prime and i was like dude this is crazy went home and i played and played and played with this guy and for him being like pretty much all die cast articulation is endless with this guy you can do whatever you want except transform into a truck but uh besides that like this guy is doing like i mentioned like the spider-man retro figure that i have that i can pose with like that guy's a six inch figure this guy's one six scale and he can almost do as much as that spider-man can it's it's unreal he comes with a great stand his accessories are cool from like the cannon and the axe and the shield he has like that cool like black wash over him so it's like a I don't know. I think I told Carlos like when I opened him, it smelled like a, like a like a body shop. Like someone actually like worked on oh, this figure. Wow. It was <laughs> yeah. It's it's absolutely nuts. He has the light up feature with the eyes, like the windshield. Like I absolutely love this figure. That's why I made it so hard for me to like narrow it down to these three. But Optimus Prime, like 
all day. I can't wait for 3-0. I hope 3-0 delivers and gives us an Octopus Primal or a Cheetor because I'm really, really, like, dying for those two guys to be released. So, um, you know, after this purchase, though, our, our boy Ian bought one, then Carlos bought one. So I'm hoping <laughs> that 3-0 is looking like, all right, people want these figures. Let's keep it going. So, yeah, man. They All gotta do zero Octopus Prime. They, they have, have to, especially have for to, that like, War for Cybertron line. Yeah, because they've yeah. done a ton for that oh. Bumblebee line. Like I think they're almost done with characters they can actually do that legitimately yeah. showed up in the movie. So, yeah. Well, are they done with that whole series? Like, are they doing a season four? I know it's a trilogy, but are they going to do a new trilogy with the Beast Wars or? Uh, yeah, I, I would hope so. I haven't heard anything, yeah. but they certainly yeah. set it up for it. And like where they have Definitely. them is cool. Where the beasties and the traditional Autobots all kind of exist in the same time yeah. and space, right? So, so good. Yeah, man, it's Ugh. tempting, tempting. I gotta watch that because because Beast Wars was I was like same age as you, Troy. Like it was my jam. Yeah, that was my Transformers, yeah, right? And it was yes. so cool, so cool. I don't know. Can yeah. I can I do more in the beyond? <laughs> <laughs> always i don't know i don't know <laughs> well it's it's I, I said the the last two on my list were somewhat interchangeable and the the last one i'll throw out there was my vintage ecto one complete with box and instructions that i picked up the year this year for an absolute steal in a reasonably sized lot after convincing the guy to not sell it to his friend but to sell it to me with cash in hand and a, a late night pickup <laughs> on Kijiji. So it was a piece that I remember so fondly from childhood. And I have such a uh, nostalgic connection to it. And to find it in that condition complete with the box. That was something that I would have called you crazy if you had said, Tim, you're going to own this before the end of 2021. And I was just so pleased. The year before, I got the firehouse. This year, adding that Ecto-1, the original, it was just such an experience. And Ghostbusters was probably one of my favorite retro lines to collect this year. So to add yet another Holy Grail piece, uh, two big ones this year, uh, being the Ecto-1 and, of course, the dinosaur I just mentioned, really cool. So, yeah, Ecto-1, even with that retro remake out there, this one, you know, although I paid quite a bit more for it, this one stands head and shoulders above all of that. The Ecto One, man, like like that's like it's so iconic, you know. Yeah. It's 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 like that and the Turtle Van, yeah. You know those those things, the Batmobile, those things are just amazing. And uh, the fact that you got one of those too, like tip top shape, whoo, have mercy, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carlos, last one for your favorite collectibles of twenty twenty one. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with something like I usually le leave the Lego to the other Carlos of the Commonwealth. But, uh, <laughs> man, that Lego Batwing, like that was oh. something that I kind of slept on. And as much as anything, it was just like the deal I got it for uh, via Kijiji that made it a compelling buy and kind of tipped me over the edge. But once I got it home, just the shelf presence that this thing yes. has, like... It is just immense, and the stand that they give you with it is fantastic for uh, displaying it a couple different ways. And I actually have it on a high shelf, but it looks like it's coming down, mm -hmm. ready to uh, to unleash on the streets of Gotham. And uh, yeah, it's just a cool piece, and I'm so happy that um, you know I made that on a on the whim decision to bring that thing home. And yeah, I, I don't uh, mess with a ton of Lego, but 
that's that's something that I'm really happy that I went to go pick up and and it was just a fun experience like driving to like if you draw a line from the far northwest edge of the city <laughs> to the far southeast edge of our city uh that's basically the distance between my house and the dude's house that I bought it from but it was just like a fun trip with my kid and I was getting more and more hyped and after I picked this thing up and had that box in my car like I made her just keep playing 200 balloons by Prince from the Batman 89 soundtrack, like over and over and over again. So that, and that's like a hour drive, hour and 20 minute drive. So far. Yeah. So far. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was definitely one of the highlights. It was just a fun, fun ride out there with her. And yeah, those Kijiji pickups, you never know. I was like, all right, I'm going into that house. And I like parked her like, tactically down like a down a street so she could see the front door and i could see the car but um yeah i, I didn't know what you're walking into so i was like you, yeah. you never know what those ones sometimes <laughs> and it's hard too because sometimes you don't want to admit to the spouse that you're going on like a gg run so you're like ah, if i disappear no one's gonna know where i am <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that that piece of lego is incredible i like i've seen it a couple times and Oh, it's it's you don't appreciate the size of it until you see it in person it's like most big legos is you see a picture you're like okay i get the but when you see it in, in real life you're like whoa it, it just has like you said a presence to it and i'm a big big lego fan but that thing was far larger than i ever expected it the first time i saw it yeah it just it's like yeah it, it's sheer size and just the batwing itself is such a unique vehicle and unique shape mm. right that yeah, it really, really stands out that thing. Iconic, iconic. Now, we we collect kind of everything here, but I just want to get out of out of each one of us our our favorite collecting line. So we talk about Marvel Legends, Black Series, NECA, McFarlane's, whatever. Right? There's so many different lines that are out there right now. Even the the Marvel retro remakes are doing all of this time they've spent in the Star Wars and Ghostbusters space with that, the Marvel stuff that they've put out in all those really cool card backs, all the celebratory lines, the new Afterlife line. There's so much out there right now. But I have to know, I have to hear, Troy, favorite collectible line of 2021? Uh, for me, I'd have to go the Hot Toys, man. Yeah. That's that's where I'm going right now. I've... Uh... I love, love Marvel Legends, especially for the posability mm. and everything I can do. But I've noticed within the last, I mean, apart from Spider-Man No Way Home, I haven't really been grabbing nowhere near as much Marvel Legends. And I have been grabbing them, just not nowhere near as much as like I normally do. Um, it's kind of taking a back seat. So for me, it's um, it's the future of Hot Toys because seeing everything that's coming out, what they're doing, the head sculpts are getting better and better. Like when you look at Shang-Chi, like my God, like that guy looks like spot on like the actual actor, uh, the Black Widow stuff they dropped, everything those guys just keep putting out. I'm just like, wow. And they, and they like, they tend to deliver um, mm -hmm. as much as the studio will actually give them the information and the concept yep. art. I mean, obviously you're always going to have those kind of issues upon our release, but for the most part, yeah, I'm going with, uh, I'm going with HT all day. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Those Marvel legends, like I'm a diehard MCU Marvel legends collector and I, I've mm -hmm. got everything from the Eternals right through, <laughs> But I will have to say my favorite line this year has, if I can lump this into one, is Beneka. Neca mm -hmm. on the Turtles, the TMNT movie, 90s movie stuff, and the Back of the Future line that they're doing. So two lines that I'm, for the most part, all in on. 
and I just can't get enough of it, especially that Turtles line. Like, I'm sucked all the way in. I'm up to 17 figures now, and my dad and I are both collecting the Back to the Future line, and so I sent him one for his birthday, so it's been a kind of a cool connection point there as well with him, and it it's a line that just keeps delivering. Like, all of NECA, whether it is in the cartoon TMNT or the movie or the Back to the Future or, you know, the Predator stuff they're doing and even some of the stuff that Carlos that you picked up this year, like, they're doing pretty wild stuff over at NECA, so going to cheat a little i'm going to say NECA's is by far my favorite collectible line for this year i'm half surprised you didn't go buy that penguin after you saw it man i nearly <laughs> fell over when i saw it like a thing is incredible <laughs> i know and for the price it's yeah it's yeah. unreal yeah what a line that is what a line all of that NECA stuff if you're not collecting NECA and you have any sort of nostalgia connections to any of those franchises just go have a look at one in a store you won't you won't walk away from it <laughs> So, Carlos, how about you, man? What about a, a collecting line for, for 2021? Well, you know, I'm always ride or die with my boy, Uncle Todd. Like, the, <laughs> the amount of plastic that you get in the 7-inch figure, the sculpts are always on point, and, like, the amount of articulation those figures have, like, it's amazing for the price. But uh, I'm going to go off the beaten path and go with Bottleneck Gallery in that print oh. space. Like, mm, man, they you. brought it this year. Like, I really wanted to step away from print collecting, and I bought almost more than I do in a normal <laughs> year because, like, they crushed the competition, and they worked with lots of compelling licensors to do neat stuff and, like, a really cool variety of artists. And going off the beaten path is even, like, their Batman the Animated Series. They took the risk of getting an artist that has his own little bit of a spin on it and... It ended up being like some of the like I I own all that Batman the animated series stuff through Mondo and everybody else who's done it, but this is probably my favorite. Like I have a few of the prints up for Christmas right now, and the bottleneck piece. Like every single guest that we've had has gravitated towards that as opposed to like the coveted Christmas with the Joker one that some of the competitors did. So there's that, and just just the variety of things that they've mm -hmm. done across the spectrum have been so cool and. Um, yeah, Bottleneck Gallery and their customer service is awesome, and some of the stuff they do to fight scalpers is hilarious. And uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I appreciate those guys. I appreciate those guys. So that's uh, that's gonna be my uh, notable manufacturer company in the yeah. collectible space. Nice. Can't nice. go wrong with those guys. Let me tell you, they've <clears throat> gotten a few bucks for me this year, and I think three of my four prints are from Bottleneck, and there's no looking back their jp stuff has been outstanding this year just outstanding yeah and the print quality with them and mm -hmm. the little experiments they do with things like spot varnish are awesome yeah so yeah i can't wait to someday get into some of that tin stuff and all that like the metal ones they're quite expensive Oof. Oof. yeah i just unfurled a, a foil amazing spider-man print down there and it's it's pretty sharp <laughs> let me tell you it's pretty sharp <laughs> love it guys all right let's move on to our next thing here we got we got two more categories to get through we've got of course our favorite films which we're going to get to here in just a few minutes but i want to hear about some reads guys you know i'm i've been abysmal this year at, at reading i've only touched a few things including strange adventures which, I, which i'm so sorry carlos i've not finished yet Captain America and a few others, but I'm going to leave this primarily to you guys to discuss here because you guys have consumed a lot of comics this year. So, so Carlos, talk to me about some of your favorite reads from this year. We don't have to do a one, two, three, but just 
you know, give me some of the the goods here. If you know Future State, you guys talked a lot about. I know, I know uh, what's his name. Nick Spencer's run on Spider Man is definitely going to rank in there. <laughs> Rich, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, for me, um, you know what? I got to shout out, you, you you called it out, Strange Adventure, and it just closed a month or two ago with issue 12, and man, that thing delivered. It had an ending on it like nothing I've ever read before, and uh, Tom King with Mitch Gerards and Doc Shanner, they crushed it. Like it, It's a special story, and that's going to be... Uh, one of those that's an all-time great that always gets recommended to people if you want to just have a fantastic self-contained story like Strange Adventure is where it's at. You need no uh, previous knowledge as to who those characters are. And in fact, he purposely goes out of his way to use lesser-known characters like Mr. Terrific in that detective role as opposed to Batman. And uh, and you do get glimpses of those classic characters here and there, but when they do show them, they're... Mm it's pretty special. So that's, that's a fantastic story. Um, I'm going to cheat a bit and go with action comics and Superman, son of Kal-El. Um, mm. What uh, Johnson is doing with action comics with Cal taking those stories that we saw the end of in a future state and planting the seeds with Clark and going on his mission to war world. I've talked about it on the show before. Like it, it's pretty cool. And, just the spirit of Superman and really embracing what makes him such a great aspirational hero and uh, some of the stuff going on with the powers and whatnot. Um, it's a Superman like you've never seen before. And it's just a cool looking book like Superman in that gladiator type uh, setting. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you got Tom Taylor and the two of them did the work to set up John Kent as like the Superman on earth. And, just these really cool special stories and he is not his dad, but he honors what Superman is and what Superman's all about perfectly. And it's such a difficult balance that I would, I would have said that it would be impossible to have a replacement Superman that you're going to love and embrace as much as he did Clark, but man, Taylor pulled it off. Like I love John Kent as Superman and the stuff that he's done with his character and what he stands for and his personal relationships has been phenomenal. Like, I can't recommend that book enough. Like, I love uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El. Like, it's an awesome book. And then, uh, man, the Batman books, they've delivered, like, everything. Like, I've I've liked the closeout to Tinian's Batman book well enough. Detective's been solid. Um, but stuff like Batman 89, like, comes out of nowhere, just a great read. Every single issue has landed for me. But in the Batman space, if you're going to buy one Batman book this year, heading into the Batman with a phenomenal third trailer I haven't watched yet, but <laughs> Tim and everybody else on the internet is gushing about, uh, Batman the Imposter. Like, do yourself a favor. Go buy this book. It is incredible. Like, incredible. It's not officially canon and a prequel to the Batman, but it is. Like, it is... Uh, thousand percent robert pattinson's batman one of the screenwriters for the movie is the writer of the book the look is pattinson's so cool. batman and it, it sets some pretty cool seats like just how he operates and where his mind is at and like i've read a ton of year one year two bruce type of stuff and this was something different it's like 
like nothing I've ever read and it's really realistic, but at the same time has that right amount of over the top action with it. And yeah, it's easy, easy, easy recommend. Like, like I said, if you're going to read one Batman book heading into the movie, read that thing. Like it's, it is awesome. So, oh, it's so cool. That's yeah. so cool, man. It's been on my list for a while. Cause you have, you've discussed that in the past and with my anticipation hype getting in to the Batman and that, that trailer that you mentioned. Wow. Right. <laughs> yeah, if no. this is a, a pseudo, not official tie in, but really getting towards that, you know, that's going to be, that's a big, big one to pick up as we get into the March time frame here. Yeah. And it's done too. It was just mm-hmm. three books. That's it's wicked. all done. And I can vouch for the beginning, middle and end. Like it was <laughs> wicked, wicked. So awesome. How about you, Troy, man? What do you got to add to this list here yeah. that Carlos has crafted out for us for, some of the top reads for this year. Oh, man. Listen, it's, it's been a two-year battle, a two-year hard battle with Nick Spencer's Spider-Man, but we are back. Spider-Man is in good hands. <laughs> I feel bad because there's so many different writers on this book, so I can't even name them all. But Amazing Spider-Man Beyond is like, oh, it's it's just so, so good. Um, It's Ben Riley in the mantle of Spider-Man, and I'm totally okay with that because I'm actually a, a Ben Riley fan. Uh, Peter Parker has been taken out. He's in a coma, and um, Ben is like I, I like it because Ben is kind of like a little lesser than a superior Spider-Man, so he has the technology backing him, but he's nowhere near on his game as well as Octo or Doctor Octavius, Doctor Otto Octavius was as uh, as Spider-Man. So you kind of have this conflict too between Ben and Peter because he doesn't know if he can quite live up to Peter, but Peter's kind of giving him his blessing. He's working for like a shady kind of industry called the Beyond Corp. And um, he's doing all sorts of cool things. He's he's fighting um, Craven the Hunter, and Craven the Hunter was actually like cool again, unlike he was in Nick Spencer's run. And yeah. <laughs> Nick Spencer wrote uh, Craven forever. Oh, yeah, yeah, and he hyped that guy up, and it was just it wasn't it wasn't very good. Um, you got some pretty cool relationships going on between Ben and his love interest, but you also have Mary Jane. Uh, Peter's side and then you also have some uh, other characters that have actually like involved like Aunt May and Dr. Octopus once again so I'm really having just a blast and the art this is some of the mm-hmm. best art I've seen in a Spider-Man comic in quite some time like the panels are just absolutely gorgeous the cover arts have been been pretty cool Spider-Man slash Ben Riley is actually funny like I'm actually laughing out loud of the jokes when I'm reading these books the panel layouts are executed extremely well when you're having like parallels between Ben Riley doing his thing as Spider-Man and Peter Parker like fighting for his life while he's in a coma like there's so many cool things that they do in that book so all in all I'm loving uh, the amazing Spider-Man um Tom Taylor Tom Taylor's Nightwing another yes. character that is back on his A game cuz after Nightwing went through a whole identity crisis being like a cab driver slash like the vigilante. I can't remember what his name was, but he was like a cab driver. He had real no, he didn't really have like a superhero name. He was just, he's just Rick. He's kind of like, he's yeah, he's Rick. That's right. Um, something you see like the CW, like the bad CW, but um, now he's back to being like Nightwing and he's actually like inherited some money from Alfred and he's doing all the cool things with that money. And he's actually having like a great relationship with, um with Barb, Barbara Gordon. And there's also, you get some, um, some uh drake tim drake involvement in there too there's like a new villain on the loose that i actually i'm really interested in and then you're also going back to like his not necessarily his origin story but they're kind of doing some retweaking to his origin story and bringing in new characters that um something i really appreciate because they haven't really done something like that since um 
Court of Owls, City of Owls, when they really went back to like Dick Grayson's origin and explained like the Grayson uh, name. And it's really cool to see them going back to that. And only Tom Taylor can do some magnificent writing like this. So uh, the Dick Grayson Nightwing book has been phenomenal. I mean, Carlos here mentioned it about the Batman books. I've been in love with those. Um, not not to like like go too hard on uh, Tom King's run, but I really did like the run after like a lot. And I love the characters that we got like Ghostmaker and was it Miracle Molly? I believe yep. was the other one. Some fantastic characters coming out of there. I didn't, I didn't really care too much for like Clown, Clown Hunter, Clown, Clown Hunter. I don't really care too much for him, but uh, Ghostmaker is like my guy. I could definitely hop on his like next book if it if it comes out. I'm sure it is. Um, so the comic space has been been fantastic. But another one which is out of the realm of what I normally um, read for comic books is uh, this book called My In Laws. My In Laws know I'm a, I'm a big kind of like athlete, and I, I used to love shoes when I was a kid, and they recommended this book to me called The Shoe Dog by phil knight and it's like it's like the the beginning of nike like the nike oh, origin cool. story and cool this is a really really cool read and um i, I finished it quite a while ago but i, I had to give it a shout out because i think they're in production to make a movie out of this and i believe like adam driver's attached to it but the shoe dog man i mean enough said like it's the origin story of nikes and like them battling out against adidas their competitors and um think maybe even Reebok was involved too at that time but it's basically like Nike against Adidas and all these other shoe companies and these guys are just small time and to see where they went from like Blue Ribbon to like Nike is 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 fantastic that's and cool like obviously the athletes that they signed so yeah shoe dog check it out it's amazing read awesome well there's a list for you guys yeah. it's definitely not all of the comic books but there's some of the highlights <laughs> from 2021 and again if you want to go back and listen to a few episodes both troy and carlos do chronicle a lot of the really good stuff there's we had a future state episode the guys went through mm-hmm. what did three jokers come out this year or is that in 2020 i think it was 20 i think that was this wasn't that this i can't remember because todd mcfarlane has like the toys that are coming yeah out, so i can't remember if that was like after and that's really it gets into kind of that blurry line space for me is that i don't like i yeah. read all three of them and i have them here and i know the the figures are coming because carlos has got them uh, preloaded yeah. for us but um because yeah. last one was last year too right like i know it's not done but I last one so. started last year I as so. well Man. yeah it was uh, last fall it was october concluded oh, wow, okay. october 2020 oh, okay. for three so jokers for okay. a year ago wow right. wow that shows how blurry wow. the lines are <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome I, I absolutely love listening to you guys talk about this every week and i'm immensely jealous that I just don't make the time, but someday, guys, someday, I promise I will start to catch up here. But just go buy the three imposter books, man, and I guarantee you'll read them in an afternoon. Like, okay, <laughs> done. So good. done. I'll uh, I'll put it on the list for for I got another week off ish, so I gotta go up to Marty's and maybe I'll have them or just get them digitally. Just do it that way. Easy yeah, peasy. That works too, man. In my pocket. <laughs> All right, let's get to the last discussion for this evening, and it's gonna be our favorite films now. Instead of listing our top three favorite films, because I'm going to guess that we probably all have relatively similar lists given the not huge slate of films that came out in 2021. Like we started this year off having multiple discussions about what the theatrical experience was, what and how was the movie landscape going to evolve given the status of, of COVID and it's, really detrimental effects on the theatrical experience on movie theaters in general. We started this year, not going to the movies and saying that maybe the experience was gone. Maybe it was an event now. And that seemingly, at least for the time being 
seems to have been proven as a, a wrong hypothesis, as we just saw an enormous movie this past week, last two weekends, outpacing Avengers Infinity or with uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. So the theatrical experience is back and it's likely not going anywhere. So we've seen things on streamers, theatrical experience. There's been day and date releases, all sorts of hybrid stuff, 45 day windows, experience it on Disney Plus or in the theater. Who knows where all this is going, but we did get to experience a, a pretty big cornucopia of different experiences across the board when it comes to the film going experience, the film watching experience, I should say. So what we're going to do here, we're going to have three categories. We're going to have our favorite comic book movie, our favorite non-comic book movie, and kind of like an honorable mention or a cannot miss, a hidden gem, a dark horse out there that we want to recommend of a, a film that we saw that maybe doesn't get the same praise or it's in a bit of a shadow as some of the other bigger ones that came out this year. And so that's three categories, comic book movie, non-comic movie, and cannot miss. Let's start with the, let's start with the comic book movie because I think this is going to be pretty straightforward uh, overall. So fairly predictable here. So Carlos, why don't, you, why don't you kick us off here with your favorite comic book movie of 2021? Oh, favorite comic book movie of 2021. There's like three that are shoulder to shoulder. But there's the one that, like, it gets thrown around all the time, that Lord of the Rings-esque epic. But there is only one movie that was truly an epic because it, there's only one movie that was afforded the uh, ludicrous <laughs> runtime to be said epic. But Zack Snyder's Justice League all day long. Like, it, from one of my, like, first appearances on this podcast, I said, like, I always just wanted the Justice League to be given the showcase and... The, be allowed to have that grandeur that this property deserves and man did that thing ever deliver like highly entertaining nailed all the characters and we got to see them like we've never seen them before maybe like we'll never see them since but yeah just sweeping and epic and incredible and you know picking up the ball from where it laid before and to taking us to where we are at the end of Zack Snyder's Justice League, amazing, amazing. And there's a three-hour podcast that you can go back and listen to our <laughs> thoughts in detail on it. But, uh, yeah, I got to admit I was skeptical as to uh, if it would come out and what it would be like. But I was pleasantly blown away by everything. And, honestly, that's the only movie that's really been in any kind of heavy rotation in my house because – yeah, anytime there's downtime, crew at War Power, man. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, what an experience that was, right? Another silver lining maybe of this pandemic. Again, talking about skepticism, uh, I was chief among the skeptics on this one as to whether it actually existed or if it would ever see the light of day. And to, I think, all of our pleasant surprise, it was really good. <laughs> you know, coming from, you know, a big detractor. I've said it multiple times. But uh, it, it became one of only two A's I've ever given in our, our reviews. <laughs> so <laughs> pretty, pretty wild. Troy, I, I have a real sneaking suspicion that, that both your and my favorite movie of this year are one in the same. But why don't you lay it on us here? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, the goddamn Batman got his movie because, I mean, Batman's in there, so Spidey has to have Spidey. And yeah. listen, No Way Home is the truth. Like, this movie, guys, it's just it's just something that gets better 
and better and better. It's my it's my favorite movie. And I will say, even this movie was so good, I didn't get a chance to go out and see it again for the fourth time because it's so cold here. <laughs> but I did something I never thought I'd do, and I revisited um, Amazing Spider-Man Two just to see like what is this movie like, you know, a little down the road. And I gotta say, this No Way Home has a little, just a little bit of the Winter Soldier effect nice. on that film. I actually went back and watched that movie. And, you know, the bad parts are absolutely bad. But, my God, Andrew Garfield's good. Like, I've, I've always loved this guy. But I'm telling you, watching that No Way Home and then going back to this, you just cherish his performances that much more. Hashtag Make Amazing Spider-Man 3 happen. <laughs> um, but listen, no, no, back to No Way Home. No Way Home is just, it's a, it's, it's, it's my favorite movie. Like, I'm telling you guys, I've gone all the time. It's, it's become my favorite movie. I don't have any fluff scenes in there. There's nothing that I want to skip. I love Tom, uh, I love Tom Holland in this film. I, I don't know where I can, what I can say in this movie. I guess I already went there. But listen, I, uh, I, I love, I love Tom Holland. I love Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man so much, and uh, this 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 movie just just did it for me in so many ways. The end battle scene, William Defoe, Alfred Molina, they all knock it out of the park. Even even Jamie Fox brought it mm. this time around. So I, I just I give high praise to Feige. I give high praise to Pascal, Avia Rod, but most importantly, John Watts. In my opinion, mm. I feel like John Watts absolutely delivered on this whole trilogy by capped it off with this film and gave us. The best origin story ever told on film to date. Love this movie. No way home all day. I love you calling it an origin story. That makes me so happy. <laughs> and I, I think that like, your praise is, is directed to the right person there with John Watts because you have to remember too, there's not many people that stick around for three movies anymore, right? And yeah. this guy, he he, you're right. He doesn't get enough credit because a lot of it is pushed towards Sony and Marvel Studios and the heads of, mm-hmm. those, of those studios given the very public relationship that the two of them have with this character and john watts kind of gets a second fiddle there and you're right he's very deserving of of the praise he found him and it's as a comic book movie it's it's my favorite too Uh, Mm. our review is literally one episode back so go check that out but i will say this as i said at the end that it had the the highest of expectations and it managed to exceed all of them which is an incredible feat especially when it comes to this comic book movie space expectations are a big thing they can be a big killer and this one shot for the moon and hit the stars if you want to reverse that little thing that you know is said it's way beyond what it was aiming for i think so very very exciting experience we had a ton of fun breaking that one down in episode 301 so let's move on to our non-comic book film category here so carlos favorite non-comic book movie of 2021 you know what? I'm going to take a pass on mine because I, I got to give it to my boy Troy because he, he loved this one <laughs> just that much more than I did. And I know that I know that he has it teed up, but um, I'm going to give it up to uh, James Bond, man. No time to die. Nice. Uh, that was a great experience. Like I had over the course of the year got caught up with the, the Craig Saga films and man, this thing delivered on a amazing conclusion to his tenure as James Bond, and it was it was vastly entertaining. And honestly, it was one of the more fun trips to the theater that I had, where I went to this oddball showtime and had the place like maybe a third full, if that. But just where my seat was, I was dead center, but nobody around me, and just got immersed in this thing. Wait. And uh, the sound was kicking. I had a nice clear screen. And, man, I, I just loved 
gobbling this thing up. And uh, yeah, it was one of those that I couldn't wait to see again. And I don't go see movies twice in the theater very often. Spider-Man was the first one, God, since, I, I don't even know what, since Wonder Woman probably, that I saw it twice in the theater. Um, so that's the type of movie that it takes for, for me to get off my wallet and go see it twice <laughs> uh, on the big screen. But uh, yeah, No Time to Die was close. It was close. I, I couldn't wait for this thing to hit home release so that I could watch it again. So that'll be mine, and I'll let Troy take the glory. The glory of the spice. You know what? It's so crazy because I had it the other way around because I was like, I'm pretty sure Bruce is going to deliver on the spice and I'm going to go with the note because <laughs> no time to die for me is it's, it's my favorite Bond film. Yeah. So I actually had that as like, as, as my number two, because <laughs> yes, you're the same person sometimes. <laughs> oh, I know. And the, and yeah, the, the love. <laughs> because this movie no for me like i'm a i'm a pierce brosman guy through and through yeah and daniel craig obviously killed it with uh, casino royale absolutely left skyfall i'm not really that hard on um quantum of solace but didn't really like specter but this film here it hit everything like i absolutely loved i mean the villain was maybe i, I had high expectations for remy malik because i believe he's such a tremendous actor that i mm -hmm. felt like it wasn't necessarily him i felt like the movie just kind of shortened him of like that villain role that he could have really killed but everything else for me fired on all cylinders that ending was absolutely magnificent and then um all the, all the bond girls all the bond girls were like on their a game like they were so well handled and um man yeah J james bond for me took took that spot so i don't know what we're gonna do like i mean i guess we're not talking about the spice because i don't <laughs> i'm not gonna i had I'm not bond on my it. list <laughs> yeah. you're not gonna touch it eh? i haven't seen it yet <laughs> yeah no man well you can take it away take it away with our boy Denny yeah. V. yeah yeah danny what can i say man this movie oh it it's such a cinematic gold butter in your eyes <laughs> making it bleed like what am I even saying? Because this movie <laughs> yeah. looked so good on the big screen. Um, this world, I knew nothing about Dune, absolutely nothing, and it sucked me in. And the whole, the first, the first watch, I could not help but think, like, oh my god, like this is what George was wanting to do. Like, there's so many similarities of what they did in Dune, or what Star Wars has done and taken from Dune. And um, what I love with Denny, and, and and at the time I thought it was Roger Deakins, it wasn't Roger Deakins that did this one for the cinematography, is, can't remember the guy's name, but it still has like that Blade Runner feel and the scope, right? Like that arrival looking kind of scope. All these vehicles are huge, but he also impacts you with the sound, and the sound is so good, especially on the big screen you got to witness it and jason momoa this is the best performance in my opinion yes. i've seen from jason i really really liked him because it's really easy for him to fit in like that aquaman role mm. but he um <laughs> he actually does a little bit of something else in this film uh timothy Chalamet, like this guy is he's our new daniel day lewis slash leo dicaprio like this guy is <laughs> he's going down the road as one of the greats for sure i i think he was absolutely amazing in this zendaya didn't get much to do but everything that she popped up in was was fine but um i can't wait to see this franchise unfold because i really really liked what we got out of dune <laughs> fantastic movie yeah oh, awesome yeah. dune was profound like it yeah i didn't know what to expect i honestly went because i like denny villeneuve's movies and my kid really wanted to go because she's a Shalistan. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I paid the way and ended up being, like, utterly blown away at just the yeah. scope and the sound and just how immersive it was. And, uh, and just 
what a masterful storyteller Denis Villeneuve is, where yeah. he took like the dense material in Dune and made it. He didn't shortcut anything, but he made it immediately digestible. And like Dune Two is at the top of my want list for sequels and and whatnot coming out. Like I would take it next year if I could. I think we get it the year after, which is fine. But yeah, uh, yeah uh, Dune like it was a revelation for sure. Awesome. That's mm-hmm. next to my watch list because I believe it's available for rental slash digital purchase now. Um, yes. Quite widely. Yeah. So it, uh, it's up there. It's up there for sure. But I'm going to have to go for my non comic book movie, of course, with Ghostbusters Afterlife. What a film. Oh, yeah. What a film. Yeah. Look, yeah. this yeah. film had 30 some odd years of expectations built into it. It was promised to be a direct follow up to the original films that have become just. A, a love and a passion for so many very nostalgic but the way that they delivered this story the execution of it the introduction of the new characters the use of course of uh of a certain character i don't know if we're allowed to spoil that yet oh. or not but everything they did is jason Wrightman delivered not only on his promise to follow up his father's work but to deliver just a beautiful segue out of that original film story and into something hopefully bigger and grander it's it's masterful storytelling again, and it was another one of these films that had very high expectations and managed to to exceed all of that. I I loved what they did with Ghostbusters Afterlife so incredibly yeah. much, and it honored the the legacy of the franchise. And like I said, it's it's hopefully setting us up for something uh, big in the future, right, Trey? Oh, absolutely absolutely man I, I i love that film so much i mean you mean emmett went on and raved mm-hmm. about it and i think all three of us were pretty positive on the film and and how could you not be yeah. it was it was great and like i like you mentioned can't really give away a certain somebody but it's um it was magic what they pulled mm-hmm. from like the beginning of the film right through and the end of the film <laughs> it's oh oh man it's great yeah fantastic movie it worked yeah. it worked cross i know you kind of saw this in the background it, it was that uh, did you enjoy afterlife Oh yeah, no. I thought they did a great job of it with where where their starting point was and where they took things. And yeah, no, they they absolutely pulled it off and made the Ghostbusters relevant and mm-hmm. compelling again. So yeah, I'm curious to see where they go next. And it seemed like it performed well, and it certainly got uh, a pretty big round of approval from the fan base. So yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's see what happens with Ghostbusters. Looking forward to it. That's for sure. All right. All right. Well, last one in our last topic for this record and for 2021, it is a, a hidden gem. I cannot miss for 2021. So Carlos, throw us your, uh, your can't miss for this year. Ah, uh, the can't miss. Well, obviously it'd be uh no way home if you're, <laughs> or, <laughs> but, or, but uh, yeah, for the hidden gem, Honestly, it's gonna it's not gonna be that far from No Way Home because it's gonna be Spider Man Three Andrew Garfield in Get out of here in, in, <laughs> in Tick Tick Boom with the yeah and like this was something that uh, my kids really into musicals and my other kid is really into Andrew Garfield so we sat down and watched it and man what a pleasant surprise like Very, I thoroughly so enjoyed this from. <laughs> the first note right to the end and that that soundtrack is still like it's almost been blacklisted in our house because it gets in people's heads and then never lets go and that's all that gets listened to for <laughs> weeks on end type of thing but uh yeah i thoroughly enjoyed this movie and uh it's it's 
probably the best musical I've seen all year. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, you, you, you can, you can't spend a better couple hours than than watching this thing. It was absolutely well done, and yeah, for the price of clicking a couple buttons on Netflix, do yourself a favor and go check out Tick Tick mm. Boom. It's a must, man. Oh, Andrew man. Garfield is something else in it. I'm a, I'm a big fan big fan now like I've, I've had a real garfield heavy last couple of months not that's not saying about any anything else but you know watch a lot of <laughs> spider-man stuff amazing stuff and tick tick boom i can't agree with you more it's it's a it's a great film yeah yeah so well shoot, i was gonna man. say troy sounds Stole like mine that, that, that that's that, that was mine is, is tick tick boom listen i i was listening <laughs> to that soundtrack going into um <laughs> going into no way home i i have it I had the soundtrack and I absolutely love it. I love like Happy Birthday and the Bohemia one and the yeah. John. Like, there's so much. It's it's so good and Andrew just kills it. His performance is so much fun and it's it for me. It's easily the best um, musical. Like I can't remember if uh, Into the Heights came out the same year. Did it? Yeah, it came out early, right? Mm. Yeah, that was. Yeah, summer. for me, it's not even close. Yeah, yeah, it's not even close. I I think Tick Tick Boom just just knocks it out of the park and it's it's a cool because I think like I mentioned before. They shoot in a way like if a musical was actually really to happen in real life, mm-hmm. there's parts where you could be like, okay, that would like that would make sense. And the way they shoot it with like the '90s kind of look, oh, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that's like that's right out of the '90s. And like mm-hmm. the um, the costume design is right out of the '90s. To like Andrew's hair, if you look at Jonathan Larson and Andrew, it's like it's like looking into a mirror almost. Like I feel like he's a dead ringer for uh, a nomination oh. for best actor. I think for sure, for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Did you see West Side Story? No, but that just came out, right? Yeah, I haven't seen yeah, it myself either. I heard either. good things. Yeah, yeah I've heard. I heard really good things. The trailers are yeah. pretty prof- powerful for that one too. Yes. Venus Spielberg, yes. and there's some a lot of pretty intense scenes in that one. Wow, man, it looks good. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited because I've seen I've seen the show itself, mm-hmm. but I heard this time around in the movie they actually scrap out the dance fighting for actual fighting. Yeah, oh, okay. But um, I'm hearing really good things. Yeah, really intense. Woo. All right, well, I'm going to throw my can't miss here on. I'm going to go actually go back to yeah. the comic book movie world, and I'm going to put out there The Suicide Squad, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Nice. Man, this nice. movie was one – it was my actually the first movie I saw back in theaters post – well, whatever it is, Far From Home, right? The one I finally yeah. felt comfortable enough, the one I wanted to see the most that I actually ventured back to the theater, and, man, was I surprised that – well, was I really surprised? I don't know. James Gunn, I think I have a lot of faith in be- given his legacy in the MCU and all that, but he was able to take that, crank it up, put a different spin on these characters and, and bring something different again to the table like James Gunn does with all his movies, right? There's some fear that this is going to be a bit Guardians-esque. I don't think it's that at all. No. I think he does very, very different storytelling, character work, and I think that's the most important piece is like his character work on all of this, right? He, he makes you immediately connect to a dozen characters with a couple songs and some dialogue. And all of a sudden you're saying, no, 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 don't kill him. Right. That's, that's what you want for this. And it was just such a great movie. And I, John Cena, man, I can't wait a couple weeks of peacemaker here. And this is the movie that kicked it all off. Like I cannot wait. And I'm so excited that the gun's going to be sticking around when he gets done with his, uh, his work on guardians three, that he's going to be sticking around in the DC world because I think he has so much to bring and this movie this franchise i think really proves that it didn't like bang out at the box office because when it was released and all this but if it's a movie that you miss in theaters i it is i guess if you're in the states it's on hbo max or whatever but 
get into it, man. Give it a rent over the holiday season here and, and watch what James Gunn puts the screen here. It's it's wild, it's crazy, and it works for whatever reason, given how bananas, especially the third act is. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I absolutely adore this movie. Like one of my favorite comic book movies of all time and he couldn't have done a better job. Like there's none of these characters that I'd go into saying that they were my favorites and you come out loving mm-hmm. a whole pile of them. And yeah, yeah it, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So cool. So cool. Well guys, there it is. 2021. By the time you listen to this, we'll be almost out of 2021. We'll almost survived yet another year here. We saw the downfall, the continued demise, the theatrical experience and the, the huge return of it in this year. Streamers and, all these TV shows, everything, this broad scoping film universe that we all exist in right now, whether it's comic book movies, musicals, epics, they're all there. We got to see Zack Snyder's Justice League this year. We got to return to the Ghostbusters universe. We got a million and one trailers from every franchise you could think of, including the Batman and Jurassic Park. We're going back to the world here next year. It's been a crazy and wild and exciting year in nerd and that doesn't even count all the collectibles that we've talked about all the the craziness on kijiji and the late night hunts and walking around with masks on and all this stuff to to just get their hands on that plastic it's been an incredible year not only podcasting it but experiencing it with both you guys with our boy ian and sunji at the start of this year it's been a, an absolute ride, guys. So I want to thank both of you guys here for, for experiencing it with me and for all the listeners out there for coming back every single week in 2021 here and uh, and having some fun with us, guys. We're going to be sprinting into 2022 with the Book of Boba Fett. We just finished off Hawkeye. We've got Morbius and Peacemaker here. We got teed up with another Batman trailer, the Multiverse of Madness trailer. It's, it's almost completely and utterly overwhelming the amount of stuff that we're going to have just an absolute riot discussing breaking down as we step into yet another year of podcasting here guys so thank you all we hope you've had a safe and wonderful holiday season and you know cheers to the new years it's going to be another one 2022 guys we're still i think as as a population still walking around with our eyes closed a little bit but hopefully 2022 is a bit more enlightening and uh, we get some more of that normalcy injected back into to our lives so i'll i'll just turn it over you guys anything you want to say before we sign off for the last time in 2021 oh just uh happy safe new year's to everyone and we'll check you in the 2022 the year Mm. of the batman yeah (laughs) (laughs) truly the year of the batman (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i echo those same thoughts man everyone be safe be responsible and uh, enjoy yourselves man we made it we made it through the year Mm -hmm. and um is the year of the spider-man but now I'll pass it over to the year of the bat. Yeah, for sure. Appropriate. Enjoy. Really well done, boys. <laughs> All right. If you'd like to be a bigger part of this discussion or tell us how your 2021 went, you can always email us at thenerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything we do over thenerdroom.net. The hunt is real and it's over on Instagram. You can find a whole bunch of figures from 2021, a whole bunch of plastic there. Just scroll through our grid there. YouTube, the Nerd Room Podcast. Go over there and give that a subscribe. Check out our videos. I just put up a history, a brief history of the Hawkeye Marvel Legends figures. You can check that out. And actually, if you want to listen along with some images, our whole figure and toy and collectible discussion from this podcast will be up on YouTube, hopefully by the time this episode drops, with accompanying pictures so you can see actually what we were talking about 
So go over there and check that out. And Twitter, of course, guys. That is where we'll be celebrating the new year, getting into all the details of what is next. And we're going to be looking forward in our next episode, our most anticipated in 2022, unless something crazy comes up that we need to discuss. So with all that being said, guys, and for the last time in 2021, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Batman. He's going to be Batman all next year, folks. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll talk to you in 2022. Be safe, be healthy, be happy. And thank you so much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from the Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.